Welcome to the premiere edition of the Double Chili Islanders podcast. I'm Peter Schwartz. Don't forget to subscribe to and download the podcast each week at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Each week on the show, we're going to have a great guest and we're going to have some fun talking about Islanders hockey past and present. So why is this podcast called the Double Chili Islanders podcast? The iconic moment in Islanders history took place on November 13, 1979, as the Islanders were taking on the Rangers at Nassau Coliseum. The Islanders had a promotion on the back of the tickets. If they scored six goals, all fans in attendance would receive a free bowl of chilies at Wendy's. On that night, the Islanders led the Rangers 8-2 after two periods, so the 14,995 fans on hand already had their free bowl of chili in hand. Alan Bernstein, who owned and operated 17 Wendy's restaurants and was a huge Islanders fan, went down to ice level and told the PA announcer to tell the crowd that if the Islanders got the 10 goals, everyone would get two bowls of chili. In other words, they would get double chili. In the third period, the old barn was ready to explode. 8.05 to go in the third. 9-3 to three Islanders. Here's a lead pass down to Trottier, who is hanging at the red line. He's across the line with Merrois back on defense. Tries to send it to Bussy, and Merrois with a good play to knock it away. Now here's Gillies back in front for five minutes. Shoots, he scores! They do it again. They hit double figures at 10-3. Double Gilly. You know how everybody gets caught up in this? Alan Bernstein, the president of... Albert and Eddie Westfall had the call on Sports Channel back in 1979 as Dennis Potvin scores the 10th goal, and all the fans in attendance that night got double chili. The final score, Islanders beat the Rangers 10-5. Coming up on the Double Chili Islanders podcast, my guest is the man who scored that 10th goal, Islanders Hall of Fame defenseman, the captain, Dennis Potvin. He joins me as the Double Chili Islanders podcast rolls on. This is the Double Chili Islanders podcast. I'm Peter Schwartz, and my guest on this first edition of the show is none other than the person who scored the 10th goal on that faithful night against the Rangers in 1979, is legendary Islanders Hall of Fame captain Dennis Potvin. Dennis, it's Peter. Thanks so much for joining me. Happy holidays, and, uh, and, and welcome to the show. Well, I'm glad. I'm happy for your show, and I'm glad that you have me on. Well, it's 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 funny because when I when I started promoting the show and I said the name of the podcast was was Double Chili and I had a few people reach out to me and say, "Well, what what was that? Why are you naming an Islanders podcast Double Chili?" And and obviously for people who don't know, it was a night 1979. You already had the franchise did a promotion on the back of the tickets where if you scored 6 goals and you won, then Wendy's had to give out all the fans at the game a bowl of chili. On that night, once you got, I think, to seven, 
the owner of the Wendy's locations on Long Island went down to the PA announcer and said, here, read this. So if you got to 10, it was double chilly. And you scored the goal in the third period that got the Islanders to 10. The place went nuts. The scoreboard said double chilly. What do you remember about that night? And were you cognizant of the fact that uh, the fans were um, were hoping for double chilly that night? <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't recall really having focused on that. You remember what these games were like against the Rangers. And, you know, if I recall correctly, this was, uh, you know, mid-November 1979. And the Rangers, of course, uh, you know, had uh, beaten us in the playoffs a couple years prior or maybe even the year, you know, several months ago or before that. So our focus was definitely on the Rangers. But when we got to the sixth goal, you can't help but hear the announcement and then, of course, the building went crazy. All it did was energize us. I know I was tremendously energized. When, when you scored the goal, I mean, obviously, I know you see you're focused on the game and focused on beating the Rangers, but you score the goal. The place is going nuts. Does, does it hit you at that moment? I, I just scored the goal that's going to give everybody double chili. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, 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 listen, it was a long, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, we were very, the, the reason I can say yes is because we couldn't avoid it at that point. I mean, it was really one of those, you know, promos that was great. It was against the New York Rangers, you know, our arch rivals. So there's no doubt that it was a goal to be celebrated and remembered. It was, uh, we're talking to Dennis Potvin, former Islanders captain, a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame here on the Double Chili Islanders podcast, and uh, it, it was it was a night that was recognized. Dennis last season during the fiftieth year of Islanders hockey, they were they were going down memory lane at each home game about the great moments, and that was one of them. And for a franchise that has had so many great moments from from you know from the beginning to the dynasty to even you know up until now. It was one of those pre-dynasty moments that a lot of, uh, you know, uh, more mature, I don't want to say older, but more mature Islander fans like myself can look back on and remember it was one of those moments leading up to the dynasty years that is still such a, a tremendous, you know, part of Islanders history. Do you still get a lot of fans that, not only about the double chili night, but are there are there fans that still, when you run into them at UBS Arena or or, or wherever you are, about moments that happened before the dynasty? Because everybody talks about the dynasty years, but do people still come up to you and talk about moments that are beyond the dynasty years? Well, you know, I, I've got to tell you, the the new ownership of the New York Islanders, you know, John Ledecky and Scott Malkin are unbelievable. Uh, they have reunited all of the alumni um, last year in February, and I think we're going to do it again. I'm getting to my point. You know, they must have had 70 alumni from all around the world, guys that played one or two games with the Islanders, and the, you know, they, they want to celebrate the alumni. Now, that's something that we did not have for many, many years in mm -hmm. the 90s, nothing at all for the alumni. So the fact that we start talking about various things like that, and, of course, the Ranger rivalry comes up in, every conversation pretty much the one that i think was huge was 1975 your yep when we played the rangers and i think unfortunately for the rangers being certainly a dominant team with the players they had 
you know, to be forced to play in a best of two out of three series was certainly not in their favor because like what happened with us, you could catch fire and win the first game and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you know, it's a whole different world. So to me, the 1975 victory over the New York Rangers in the playoffs was what really established the young Islanders. So I think of that as, as the probably the key moment in the development of our franchise. And, and there, there were so many great moments. I mean, it's, it's easy to talk about, you know, the Stanley Cup years, but it, it was something that came all back to life. Uh, not, not that people don't recognize it all the time, you know, this year and in, in upcoming years, but last year with the 50th year, it just yeah. seemed that so many of those great moments, and you were around the building a lot, there were so many of the wonderful moments, even the individual records, whether it was yourself or, you know, Mike Bossy and, and, and all, all the other, you know, legendary players that created so many great moments. What was it like to be an ambassador for the franchise last year and, and, and be a part of all of those memories coming back to life? Well, you know, I, I, I had mentioned about how there was a real lack of communication with the alumni in the past, and that's not the case anymore. Uh, the New York Islander management want to see uh, Brian Trache, myself, Bobby Nystrom, Johnny Tanelli, you know, all of the guys that are able to come to games, they're welcomed with open arms. Mm -hmm. So, as you know, I, I was at uh, maybe up once a month last year to watch some games and partake in some activities. And obviously, use the right word, ambassador is the kind of word that we like. I mean, that's what we will do uh, in, to help the Islanders in any way. Believe me, if we could put the skates on and play on the power play, <laughs> I'd be out there tomorrow. Well, the, Dennis, yeah. the power, the power play, the power play has actually gotten a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. They're actually starting to click a little bit. Yeah, it was it was not doing well earlier, and uh, but you know now it it takes time on a power play, and you know you have different people who uh, sometimes have to accept roles they may not be familiar with, just to be able to be on that top five while on the power play. So there's always a little bit of adjustment. And, you know, with all the video, I don't know that anybody watched video of our power play back in the 70s or early 80s, but they must have. But in any way, you know, when we were clicking at 30, 33% on the power play, it was quite rare. It was quite incredible. And, and I don't think we're going to see that very often anymore. No, no. And, and when the power play struggles, obviously they – you know, guys, you know, they hold the sticks a little bit too hard. You, know, you start to hear the fans in the stands grumble a little bit because they want to see something right away. And I think I remember either reading an article um, or, or it was a, a, maybe a video interview with, with Al Arbor, your, your wonderful, outstanding Hall of Fame coach. And I thought I remember him talking about why a power play can be successful because it's not just about scoring in the first 30 seconds or the first minute. You have two minutes, so there has to be a little bit of patience. So for you, like when, when, when you talk about the Islanders' current power play and what it was like back when you played, is it more important to be patient on the power play or do you want to see a certain amount of aggressiveness? Well, my view was always, you know, be aggressive. If you're going to be on the power play for 35 or 40 seconds, I don't see why you wouldn't be aggressive. You know, that's about the length of a normal shift. Now, there's some guys, you know, Barzal and, you know, uh, and Lee, and some of the guys might be on the power play a little bit longer. But it's not always healthy just to keep the same five guys on a power play. So uh, aggressiveness, I believe, it has to happen as soon as the puck is dropped. 
why waste a second of an opportunity where you're ahead, you're ahead one man by two minutes? A couple of minutes left with former Islanders captain Dennis Potvin. Let's talk a little bit more about the, the current team. I know you've watched them a lot. You stay you know, uh, in tune with what's going on. This is a team that this group, you know, had a, you know, a good amount of playoff success over the last few years, the back-to-back trips to the Final Four. There were some other playoff appearances last year. If some breaks went their way, they get out of the first round against Carolina, and they seem to start be starting to click a little bit. They're starting to, you know, you know rack up some points in the standings now. What, what do you think of the, of the current group, and, and do you see them having a chance to make some noise in the playoffs? Well, you know, the fact that they are, uh, in my view anyway, pretty well positioned, uh, or at least have a great chance of being, you know, at being in the, uh, in the playoffs. So, you know, I find that the Islanders, you know, being, being where they are, there's going to be, you know, a need obviously for, you know, a push, but there's, you know, there, there are two points out of third behind the Flyers and, you know, not that far away from uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, the New York Rangers just seem to be running away with it so far. But when you look at the Islanders, you know, listen, the last 10 games, they won five of them and only lost two. So that's the kind of rhythm you can, if you keep that up, they'll be climbing in the standings and they will secure themselves a a playoff spot. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about a, a young Islanders defenseman that is, uh, been so good the last couple of years. You know, Adam Pellick and, and Ryan Pollock have been rocks on that blue line, but Noah Dobson has really emerged as an outstanding young defenseman. And I'm just curious from your you know perspective as a Hall of Fame defenseman, what do you think of Noah Dobson and, and, and how high can the ceiling be for him? <laughs> At six foot four, the ceiling's not going to be too much higher. He's be <laughs> you know, he's a big kid and he runs the power play. Uh, my feeling is that, you know, at 23 years old, you're really just starting to get your feet, you know, wet. I mean, I've always had the expression that, you know, it takes you, you know, it takes you over 300 games to really be established in the NHL. Uh, I don't know exactly what his game count is right now, but he's got to be getting pretty close to it. And that's at the point where I feel, and, and this is not just recently, this is generationally. Guys that hit the 300 game mark, you know, where they have kept improving, improving, they hit that kind of plateau when confidence, uh, energy, uh, and, you know, that's just the, the, the style of play of the NHL becomes very part of themselves. And I think that's where he is. And let me close with this, Dennis. Uh, the Islanders are in their third season in their beautiful new home, UBS Arena, after a you know a long you know storied history at Nassau Coliseum. Except for those couple of years they played in Brooklyn, but they had such a long storied history at the Coliseum. And now I, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to this. While the Coliseum is still up, uh, the future of the building is very much in doubt with the potential of a of a casino coming there. When, when you think about the Islanders' own home, and obviously the Stanley Cups come to mind and so many great nights come to mind, for you, what, what was it about the Coliseum that, that made it so special to play in and, and defend your home ice? Well, you know, that's all I knew. Uh, I came into Long Island at uh, 19 years old, and, of course, the team and the building had just been built. It was almost a brand-new building, correct, built mm-hmm. in 71, 72. 
So, you know, when I came in, everything was brand new. So when people start talking about dilapidated and whatnot, using those words, I, I never, it, it never associated with me. But I will say that it was a unbelievably friendly place to play, meaning that teams did not want to come in and play us. Of course, a lot of it had to do with our success on home ice. <clears throat> a lot of it had to do with our fans, very boisterous, and they were there for us every night. To me, it's home. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit of the closing ceremony yeah. for, Fort, for Fort Never Lose. I said this before, you know, it could have been a wonderful thing for Long Island, for all of the alumni, all of us who played there and won Stanley Cups there. I thought it might have been a nice gesture just to have a closing. And, and then you could have your opening at uh, UBS, but uh, it didn't happen, but it doesn't uh, dampen any of my feelings towards that arena. It's Fort Never Lose. It was a great place to play, mm -hmm. and Uniondale was a great area in Long Island. No question about it. Uh, so many great memories. Dennis Potfan, I can't thank you enough for joining me on the first edition of the Double Chili Islanders podcast, and I'm glad I was able to bring back that wonderful memory from 1979 to you about scoring the goal. And, and the Islander fans may have left that game hungry, and you certainly filled them up with the two bowls of chili that night. Well, interestingly enough, I think, Peter, what you're doing is making that goal, the tenth of the game, maybe the most important goal <laughs> I've ever had in the NHL. No, it was and, not. It just another, <laughs> another, another, another dagger to the heart of our dear Ranger fans. Absolutely. I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. And again, happy holidays to you and your family. Same to you, Peter. Thank you. God bless you. My guest has been former Islanders defenseman Dennis Potvin. Coming up, some final thoughts here on the Double Chili Islanders podcast. Once again, I would like to thank my guest, Dennis Potvin, for joining me on this premiere episode of the Double Chili Islanders podcast. Special thanks to everyone at the Believe Network for this opportunity to connect with Islanders country each week with great guests and great Islanders conversation. Don't forget to subscribe and download the podcast at Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. I'm Peter Schwartz. Thanks for listening to the Double Chili Islanders podcast, and we'll catch you again next time.